Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 267 with a review of The Hunger Games Catching Fire. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Cars Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, Carson Patrick and I, and uh, sometimes Stephen Miller, are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Here, we are talking about The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. It's like a year and some change after uh, we first reviewed The Hunger Games, the three of us. Um, yeah, how, yes. you guys, how you guys doing this fine Sunday morning? We're back well. for more. Yep, it feels like it was only yesterday that we <laughs> upset upset many teenage girls by not not being head over heels in love with the Hunger Games. Yeah, but in all fairness, I mean, the three of us did give it a reckon with a caveat. I believe that mm-hmm. the uh, the running theme in our review was that uh, we expected it to be absolutely terrible and to be very twilighty, and what we got was actually a entertaining film that uh, well didn't feel twilighty at all. Um, yes. I think I. Uh, I think I was the one that was most upset that the world building introduced a few really cool ideas, but then never did anything with them. And uh, in one in particular, I was really upset about the whole, like, we got to get sponsors, and then sponsors never played a major role in the film at all. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I remember that. I remember not liking that Katniss never had to kill an innocent person. <laughs> <laughs> it legitimately bothered me. I was so excited about the movie when when I realized that might have to happen. Yeah. You just wanted Jennifer Lawrence slicing and dicing people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Just like, screw you kids. I'm going to survive. Like she gets... I wanted uh, the the, the kill bill, only instead of Bill, it's Stanley (laughs) (laughs) Tucci. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So basically you want her to just be like sitting in the field, not able to move her legs, and then she just stares at her toe and tells it to move until it works. (laughs) And then from then on out, she just murders tons of people. I think... I think the whole first movie could have been the toe scene. <laughs> and then people still would have watched it. I think uh, people Hell, would I pay would good money it. to see a paralyzed Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, so we are here. It, doesn't, it, it, wasn't, it literally wasn't that long ago. Like I think our, last, our review for this film was in March of last year. And uh, yeah. We are yeah, back. they're 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 pumping them out because it's like gotta make that money. Now, are, do you, does anybody know if for the third film they're gonna pull what everybody else has been doing and just make two movies out of one, or? Yeah, they're they're splitting it into two for the last one. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Even though apparently the book is only like 300 pages, so it's gonna be like Hobbit status, or it's gonna just be really overly drawn out. And, I have heard uh, that things things get chaotic in the third book, so. Yeah, maybe they'll do something cool with it. Are you saying but things you... weren't chaotic in this book? Yeah, yeah, I am saying that. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> but yeah, they are splitting it in two, so we'll get like part one next year, and then part two the following year. You know, like I, I, w- I was thinking uh, par- partially because of this film, and uh, partially just in general because this is a trend that everybody's doing. Um, what is to stop people from, like, you know, sometimes a movie will be made. And even if they don't decide to split into two movies, it's longer than what they expected. So they have to cut it down to meet like a normal time length and they just kind of jettison things. What's to stop somebody from purposely making a four hour movie and then releasing it one weekend and then the second half of the next weekend? Like, it seems like if you're not purposely trying to make two 
two-and-a-half-hour movies, you're trying to make one four-hour movie that you split in two, that it wouldn't be that much more money. And if you release them two weekends in a row, you're more likely to get those people who saw it the week previous to come back the following week than you will to get them to come back a year later if they weren't Maybe. that big a fan uh, of Well, I, I'm guessing you still lose money by yeah. having them that close together, right? Yeah, it's like I think having, they would... having a Starbucks on, you know, the same street, like two different corners. But I, but, I think, like, I wouldn't say, like, the the following, like, the direct week after, but, like, maybe a year or a couple months. Because, I mean, look what happened to, like, when they released Matrix 2 and 3 in the same year. That was, like, mm-hmm. what, six months apart? And, like, by the time the third one came out, I think there were, it still wasn't as, uh, you know, the demand wasn't as high. Maybe because, like, people realized that it, like, was, the second one wasn't as good, but... Um, I don't know, like, I, there's, I guess, like, if enough people like the first one, they're obviously gonna go see the second part or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. What, but, but I mean, like, like how, how, how far apart was Kill Bill 1 and 2? Uh, I think it was, like, maybe six months or so, like, the part one came out, uh, like, in October, and then volume two came out, like, in April the um. next year. All right, because it, it just seems like, obviously, if if your films are two very distinct films, then obviously you want those a little bit further apart. But if it's literally part one and part two, then it seems like, like I don't know, it, it's I mean, obviously both the first Hunger Games and this Hunger Games are films in which you have like, in in both movies, the scene where she's rising up in in the tunnel, like as about as the game's about to start you could have rolled credits there and it wouldn't have felt out of place. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying they should have. I'm just saying that, like, the first the first movie when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, is this going to be the end of the movie right now? Um, <laughs> and this time around, I was like, it's been, like, an hour and 45 minutes. Like, is the movie done? I, I was confused again, even though I knew it wasn't going to be. <laughs> so, yeah. like, it would be really easy for this franchise to have a setup film getting to the games and then a entire film just taking place in the games. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not how... Well, yeah, that would make more sense, but... Yeah, but I mean, imagine that they don't have the luxury of making a setup film. Like, they need to hook you in the first movie. Yeah, they want you to to experience the games in the first one. Yeah, it's like, it's in the title. now, Now, if the first movie had ended when she's entering the games for the first time, a lot of people probably would have been not excited enough to go watch the second movie yeah yeah so that that might be like they need a story arc for every movie and maybe when you cut it like that then it would hurt i don't know well you just do like the classic uh move where you you start the film in the games for the first 20 minutes everybody's like oh holy (laughs) holy crap and then you just be like whoa six months earlier (laughs) the rest of the movie is just a setup to that thing rising up into the tunnel so, so, like, you end that first 20-minute sequence with just uh, Jennifer Lawrence just covered in blood and, like, <laughs> holding her bow and arrow and just, like, breathing really hard um, and, like, sort of limping. And you're like, holy shit, how did she get here? Yeah, that would be yeah. good. You should actually write a screenplay for things like that. <laughs> it, it begins with them about to eat those berries, and you're like, they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no, they're not. There's, like, through two more movies to go, you know? <laughs> <laughs> then it's a voiceover by Jennifer Lawrence, like, "All right, so, how did I get here?" <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and 
that's the one thing that I commented about the first movie. There was no annoying uh, Twilight-esque voiceover going yeah. like, Hi, I'm Bella. <laughs> yeah. How did I, I have vampires. a day so bad that it made me want to eat poison berries and die? I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. She's like talking to, it's like old Jennifer Lawrence talking to like some kid. <laughs> Around, just a bunch of kids around a campfire. This is how, how I met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> now kids, kids I didn't one want to eat those poison berries. But you know, it's like you do some crazy things. Jennifer Lawrence has a box of chocolates and she sits down on a bench in the middle of a town square and starts talking to random people at the at the bus stop. Yeah. All yes. right. Well. What do you say we stop extra- extrapolating into the world and uh, just check out the trailer for The Hunger Games and then come back and let everybody know our thoughts on this film? Cool. You understand that whatever I do, it comes back to you and Mom. I don't want you to get hurt. Since the last games, something's different. I can see it. What can you see? You saved us. I know that. But I can't go on acting for the cameras and then just ignoring each other in real life. She's not who they think she is. And she has to be eliminated. I agree, but in the right way. At the right time. We have to go before they kill us. They will kill us. People want to fight. I'm staying here. They fought very hard in the games, Miss Everdeen. But they were games. Would you like to be in a real war? Imagine thousands of your people dead. Your loved ones. Gone. What do I need to do? This is the 75th year of the Hunger Games. The tributes are to be reaped from the existing pool of victors. I get to say goodbye. So what do we do? I think these games are gonna be different. The 75th Hunger Games! Ready to work? There she is, Captain 17! The girl on fire! I want you guys to forget everything you think you know about the games. Last year was child's play. This year, you're dealing with all experienced killers. Any last advice? Stay alive. Okay, so that was the trailer for The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Uh, this is the sequel, obviously, to The Hunger Games. This is, you know, back, last film, last bit of the story, you know, crazy government, and they put all these people in these districts to stop them from revolting. They put them in these games and have the dis- different people chosen from each district there to fight each other, and then there's one winner. The first film, spoilers, it was Jennifer Lawrence and uh, that dude. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> they cheated the system by Peter threatening Brent. to kill themselves. And, uh, you know, Petra. Uh, uh, 
Jack Bauer's dad's really pissed that uh, (laughs) (laughs) they're going to cause some revolting in all the districts if they stand as the symbol of this Mockingjay and be all great. So they come up with this awesome plan to let's take all the past winners and put them in there for the reaping and they're going to get thrown in the games again and Jennifer Lawrence is back in the games. What is she going to do? This is so crazy. It's Um, like Survivor All-Stars. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except for Survival Top all- Chef's Masters. <laughs> yeah. 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 Survivor Chop- All-Stars, though, all want to be there. They aren't Chop- chosen Chop against champions. their wills. <laughs> um, all, yeah, all the so, greatest shows. So we're, we're back in the games now, guys. So, uh, Carson, why don't you just start us off and let us know if uh, this second film worked out for you as acceptably as the first film did. Uh, all right. Well, I will tell you right now um, – I, uh, I don't know. It it was all right. Like, I, I feel like that this sequel was essentially a remake of the first film, but with, uh, better technical, uh, aspects and Philip Seymour Hoffman instead of Wes Bentley. (laughs) I I think that, uh, I think I took the, uh, the schnazy stance on this film where in, you know, your complaint about the first movie and, I mean, it was valid that, you know, we got a glimpse into this world and, like, some of, like, the things that go on with the games, like the sponsors and, like, how does that all work? Um, But we don't really expand on it much more than just, hey, there are sponsors and they get little, like, parachute things (laughs) blown into them. Um, That's it. And it's, like, that's cool. And I was thinking, like, well... I think my defense was like, well, we've got like two more movies to go. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll get we'll dive a little deeper into the in the next one. And uh, that's what I was completely hoping for the sequel. Um, And uh, I didn't really get that. Like, I I, kind of like wish that uh, that they did. I we did get more of that mythology expanded upon um, in terms of like the world building, because like I wanted to have. I wanted to see more of that stuff, especially like involving how the games come about. And uh, once again, the buildup is far more interesting than the actual games, um, especially this time around. I feel like the games are just an afterthought. And uh, once they finally uh, get thrown into the arena, it's just like, okay, well, uh, who's going to die first? Because clearly all these new characters introduced are just there. <laughs> to die <laughs> like <laughs> it, well it, it's basically like in um in in uh is it the lost world jurassic park it's one of the dra- sequel jurassic park movies when like all the guys are running and just one at a time the raptors are pulling them off from the back of the pack yeah <laughs> it's yeah sort of like that's every, the second every, one every 30 seconds you hear that cannon go off and somebody's dying but it's not somebody who's on screen it's just somebody somewhere no, it, in the game it's like someone you've yeah. never seen before it's like joe blow character you're like I didn't even know that there were that many people when they were all standing up on Stanley Tucci's, you know, talk show. I was like, were there that many people standing there holding hands? Like, I don't think so. Um, Tucci time. Is the yeah, name of that Tucci, show, I Tucci think. time. That's what it should have been called. Once again, should have had more Stanley Tucci. I mean, if Tucci this guy talk. gets his own, if this guy gets his own spinoff movie. I'd watch the shit out of that movie. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, what is it going to, is anything going to happen or he's just interviewing people? But, like, I, I, that's fine by me. Like, I, also, I mean, when you got PSH in your film, I mean, great replacement. But, like, when you don't do anything with him, like, come on. Like, I, it really felt like Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, 
all of his scenes just felt like rehearsal. Like he just came in and they're like, was that good? Was that good, Philip? And he's like, yeah. And then it's like, all right, let's shoot it. And he's like, no, I'm he's done. Like, Can we do that one more time? He's like, no, we got it. He's like, no, we got it. I'm done. Like I'm, I'm not going beyond the rehearsal stage. Um, uh, yeah. But I mean, Carson, clearly that was just set up for this next film. I, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe the next film, Philip Seymour Hoffman is just ridiculous. I mean, well, the, next, cl- the next scene clearly, will be the Philip Seymour Hoffman hour. I, I, God, I hope so. Um, because clearly, I mean, that's where it seems like they're going because he's, his character is being set up for the next one to be a big player. But it's like, still, I mean, come on. Like, I, I wanted to see him doing what Wes Bentley's character did where, you know, he was the game designer and he did like all the, he was the guy like pulling the strings. And, <laughs> and he did it so well too. <laughs> yeah, I know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean we West, at West least Bentley, West we Bentley had that had that damn, what, that awesome stash. I can't believe I'm blanking on the movie right now. The Jim Carrey movie where he's in his own world. Uh, that's oh. a TV show. Oh, Truman Show. <laughs> Truman Show. Yeah, Truman yeah. Show. Yeah, West Bentley had that feeling, right, of being like the Truman Show creator, where he's yeah. like, yeah, like, like the Ed Harris it, and he's all powerful and he loves it. And Philip Seymour Hoffman was just like. He, he basically Smiling looked like going, she'll come around. <laughs> and like, that's, that's the only kind of thing he ever did in the whole movie. Like, yeah, it's like, I'm here to get paid, which essentially he was there to get paid for the movie. Um, yeah, but guys, I mean, I, I don't want to defend that character, that role at all. But there's a very specific reason why he was like that. That is part of the story. And it makes sense. Um, yeah, but dude, didn't you want yeah. more Philip Seymour Hoffman? Like, I wanted more of him, like, scheming with Donald Sutherland behind the scenes. Like, I, I, I wanted more of that. Like, when he had that great moment where he's telling Donald Sutherland, like, you know, we want red carpet event, flogging, you know, dress thing, uh, execution. <laughs> like, when he's, like, listing that off, I was like... F yes, like I want to see this, and then they never give it to me. Like what a cock tease! That was the worst. I was like, show me, like don't give me this, you know, and then not show me. Like come on, I, I like think that. I that's per- what I think is a, a huge uh, misfire in this movie. No pun intended. I, I think I would have liked it better if he were Stanley Tucci's character and he talked like Truman Capote. <laughs> <laughs> It would have made for a much better replacement. Dude, I, I but I loved, I did, don't get me wrong, I loved his character. I loved that he wasn't wearing, like, a ridiculous outfit. He was just kind of like, you know, screw you guys. I'm wearing a normal clothing. Like, uh, even though his name was equally as ridiculous as everyone else. But, uh, I mean, I, like I said, hopefully in the next one, he's just kicking ass, being awesome. But, uh well, Carson, you don't have to worry because I have heard that in the next book, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character invents Scientology and then puts Joaquin Phoenix into the games. So. Oh, good. That would be amazing. So it's going to it's gonna work out for you. I hope Great. more happens in the next movie than happened in the one you're referencing. <laughs> 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 you mean I in this movie? I don't think teenage girls are going to be that into it. <laughs> uh, I hope more happens in the next two parts than in this movie. I mean, because really... Not a whole lot happened in this movie. Now, obviously, uh, uh, I told that to someone. They're like, well, it's just a placeholder. I told it, I told it to my brother. He's like, it's a placeholder, brah. And I was like, dude, <laughs> but Empire Strikes Back is a placeholder, too. And it's freaking awesome. So, no, like, the movie should leave me wanting more in a good way. Not leave me wanting more going, like, give me more. Like, I want more of this world, you know? Like, and obviously, I'm 
saying this to like a, a teeny bopper PG thirteen movie, but uh, I did. I wanted more. Like I, I feel like this franchise, at least. I mean, I give it props because at least they're taking it seriously. Like we said, it's not going like the Twilight route, where it's just like we're here to make money. Obviously, they're there to make money, but um, they're they're handling it in a little more serious fashion. It's not quite Harry Potter, but it is. You know, they're they're taking a serious approach. Sometimes almost too serious. Like it's almost like the Dower Games. It's like, can we have a little levity here? I mean, you're dressed in a freaking butterfly outfit, Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> I mean, we could have a little humor. Like, can Shane Black do, like, a rewrite? Maybe, please. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, I, 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 I like the approach. that like, They're trying to have, like, room for satire. You know, the fact that, like, uh, you know, in this, this time around, Jennifer Lawrence, she's basically, you know, she's this big celebrity now. And, like... She has to, you know, act for the camera and, and, you know, oh, what what dress is she going to wear on the red carpet? Like, it's all stuff that, like, people get involved in, like, the superficial stuff. And, uh, you know, that stuff is great. But, like, you know, we I wanted more, man. Like, in, in, a, in a real world or in a, in a perfect world, like, this would have been, like, uh, like, prime material for, like, you know, Paul Verhoeven because it would just have been, like, you know, biting satire and then just like crazy violence because like i think that <laughs> is what this movie needs like I, it, it's kind of weird that they take like the the world so seriously but then when they get in the games it's like some guy gets shot with an arrow and it's like the cleanest thing ever you're just kind of like this is weird like yeah i mean they're killing kids like it should just be full-on like you know you know shoot me i'm gonna bring it up but battle royale like where it's just like super in your face and like it's like you know it's it's very violent and uh i mean that kind of stuff where it's like seeing someone get like horrifically slaughtered who's like 12 and then cutting to like some you know family of four watching it like it's you know survivor all-stars or whatever (laughs) like that would be great stuff like that would be really cool but this movie isn't gonna go there because it's pg-13 but I mean, they still could have gone there. That would have been, again, that would have been something else I would have liked to seen, like like the outside world kind of participating and watching the games because yes. they do do that. Like we were you know, told in the first movie that like, hey, this is like a thing that everybody's all into and like we never really see other than like I think maybe in the first movie we got like one shot of like all the rich people watching, but uh, in this we don't give anything. Anyway, like... That's my, I mean, it's not a terrible film. Like, I, I thought it went by pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, by the times that the games hit, I was just like, this is boring, man. Like, I'm I'm ready for, uh, you know, it to be over. Because I, I, I do think that the, the games in this one were a complete afterthought. Like, I, hopefully in the next one, there are no games. Because those are the least interesting parts uh, of this movie. Um because I, I really, they in this film, they created, you know, like a plot device to get everyone back into the games. So doing it a third time would seem kind of dumb. Like, it would be like Hangover status, where it's like if Hangover Part 3, they once again wake, o- wake up after, you know, the wedding. And it's just like, all right, well, we've already seen this twice, so... Mm-hmm. Well, in all fairness, yeah. this is a, a yearly games that take place, so... The only yeah, yeah, yeah. the only construct no. is getting Jennifer Lawrence back into the games. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, it's the same concept though, because it's like she's our main character, and yes, it happens every year, but it's with the new batch of contestants. 
So well, also like need... I haven't I haven't read the third book, but just to throw this out there, the whole thing of this time was since it's the you know a quarter quell or whatever, you have to pick from the people who have won in the past. Yeah, that, but they, that was yeah, the but construct. but that's totally a plot device to get her no, 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 back no, no, in. No, 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 I'm I'm not done with my statement. So. If you just said from now on the winner has to defend their title against the next group of reaping, that would be a, a new hook that would easily – it wouldn't be that contrived. It's like, well, from now on, you compete in the game every year until you die. Um, yeah, but that I would, mean – That would make sense without being too like, well, we did this exactly the same again. It would just be like, oh, well, now you have to defend your championship like well, any it, other it sporting helps. event. If it helps, I'm pretty positive there's no game in the third movie. Uh, okay, <laughs> no, that, that would You don't need sense. to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying that, like, from from just if I just reduce down Carson's comparison, like, it w- there is a, a scenario in which it would make sense that she would have to compete going forward yeah, no. until she dies. It, it would make sense, but like, it was my understanding that in this one, the quarter quell meant that. So, like, every 25 years, like. Well, I guess for the seventy fifth, they were pulling from for the they they got all the champions. Well, back. it was every quarter quell. There is a random new thing that changes about the games. Okay, yeah, but I mean, but for next year would be seventy six, and that would be just a regular old game, and they would just go back to new players. He's yeah, saying the thing that changes could be permanent. Yeah, like yeah. about the rules. Of no, the no, I understand. But, yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying that like that is just another way to get them all back together i mean it's it's the same idea of like how are we gonna have you know the three guys all get wasted again and not remember their night you know like it's, there's no way three guys get wasted more than once every decade <laughs> yeah i know like <laughs> that so kind of like that kind of blackout wasted obviously all right, well, but no, 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 anyways, but you know this, what i'm saying all, like for this the, all beyond the point we yeah, should, anyway all, it's for we the movie just get on <laughs> For the movie, it would, but don't you agree? It would seem pretty forced if in the third one they like pulled another thing and they had to all go back. Like I just, I just think it would be pretty forced. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Stephen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did you think of this film? Okay, so to um, just to preface it, I watched this movie. I, I was telling uh, Chris earlier, actually. I watched this movie after like an hour and a half of sleep. And then a full day of <laughs> meetings and giving lectures and then drinking. I wasn't in the best position to be captivated to begin with. I caught a midnight showing uh, when it came out. Um, but yes, so <laughs> so going into this movie, it was kind of in my mind, it almost had like a Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince type thing, where like on Rotten Tomatoes, it looked inordinately well reviewed. Uh, I don't know if anyone else like looked at reviews beforehand. Um, oh yeah, it's like ninety percent or something. It's like above ninety, like like it's yeah. very highly reviewed. Um, and I I don't remember how the first movie did, but not but that kind not of that me, well. Yeah, that kind of made me think like, okay, this one is going to be, you know, transcendent. Like they they change something up, they get bigger. You know, they address the actual themes of the story. Um. And like Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, after watching it, I could not tell you why, like, the reviews were so good. (laughs) Because, like, like, not that it was terrible, just that nothing, there was nothing that elevated it beyond the normal, like, popcorn flick. 
Yeah. And I feel like I, I re- completely reviewers agree with occasionally that. just decide they want to love something. Like they all get together and they're like, Alright guys, this movie like like role models. We're all gonna say role models is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> they all get together and decide. They pull from a uh, you know, a bucket full of movie names. You know, like just to prove that they're not snobs, like occasionally they pick a movie that they're all gonna <laughs> glow over. Yeah, um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean like like Carson has said, uh, I like the idea of these stories a lot, actually. Like, like I do think the idea is much better than a Twilight movie. Like, it definitely has the capacity to be more than that. Uh, the world is very interesting. It has, like, a dark history to it. Though The whole idea of the Hunger Games, again, to me, like, I joke about wanting to see Jennifer Lawrence have to kill an innocent kid. But, <laughs> but it's true. Like, in, in real life, if you were put in the game... That is the kind of thing, like, that's the ethical dilemma you'd be faced with. Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, in the first movie, what I really disliked is after all that buildup, she was never faced with an ethical dilemma. She, like, hid in a tree, and every time someone killed someone, she was, like, angry, and they were the bad guy. (laughs) And, like, the only only person she had to kill was this completely one-dimensional, I'm evil, I live to be evil, rah, 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 I hate you guy, that, like... Yeah. There, like, there's no ethical dilemma there at all. Yeah. Um, and in this movie, I was hoping, like, okay, well, they've they've set the stage, they primed it a little bit, this is the darker one. And now, like, we're finally going to get to see, you know, what happens when Katniss is put in a situation where now not only is she defending herself, but she knows that she is a figurehead. And so she is kind of more important than the other people that she survives. And, like, how are they going to balance that, like, her selfishness versus knowing she's a part of something bigger? I, like, there, there was a lot of interesting things they could do with this. And I imagine, or I like to imagine, that the book does address this <laughs> a little bit. But, like, that she has some kind of ethical dilemma and she's thinking through, like, what am I going to do? But the movie, in my mind, nothing happened with her character at all, uh, with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh like so again maybe this is because i was a little bit sleep deprived going in but i felt like the the pacing and exposition were kind of weird to me anyway like i felt like they built up you know very strongly to this game everyone is you know freaked out everyone is sad when bad things are happening every like 10 minutes there's a dramatic moment where someone dies that was never really motivated to me why i should care about them yeah that badly <laughs> no. And, of course, I imagine they're playing to, like, in the book, you grow to love this character, right? Which is why every time someone died, then the audience, you know, I was there midnight, opening night, so teenage girls were all over this movie. Uh, Mm. And they, you know, they definitely empathized with the characters. To me, nothing, nothing was ever built up. Like, no character, I didn't grow to love any character. I didn't see any reason to care about them. I didn't see any growth in it. And... Aside from the one thing she does at the end of the movie, I feel like Jennifer Lawrence, her character does nothing in this game. <laughs> like, yeah, like pretty yeah, much not everything. Really. Well, that, that, everything that's not fair. Like the the as soon as the gun blows, she does like waste like four people at the beginning yeah, okay. of, <laughs> at the beginning of the game. Okay, sure. But sure, from then on, true. yeah, she doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, I mean, yeah. think, in this game, and again, there's there's a plot device for why this happens. 
but in this game everything just seems to happen around her right like bad things happen and she keeps surviving people die around her she still is fine and and again maybe it's because i was tired but i was completely not following the game portion like they're trying to figure out a puzzle and they're trying to do all this stuff and and to me it was just completely rushed like <laughs> i had no build up i had no moment where i was trying to think what is happening you know what is the puzzle we're trying to solve it yeah. was like they just kind of shoved everything at me saying like i hope you read the book and are happy to see it put to screen because we are not <laughs> going because we are not going to try to convince you of anything if you don't know it already <laughs> uh so yeah i mean in the end it just it fell flat to me i i felt like it was probably doing doing service to fans of the book to try to put in like particular characters and visual elements that they maybe felt something for but as someone who didn't read the book in my mind the story like it was not a very good exercise in storytelling like they didn't hook me they didn't convince me of anything the build-up and the world is very cool but the moment she gets in the games then i couldn't care less you know other than some nice visual elements uh so yeah again it was okay it was better than you know your typical twilight you know pleasing on the eyes all the all the actors are good the effects are good but definitely not elevated above the you know middle of a trilogy popcorn flake status yeah yeah i i mean i think it's a better made film than the first movie but it like i said it really felt like a retread so i think i enjoyed the first movie more be just because it was like the first time we got you know to see everything so yeah exactly i mean like the the first movie again i i didn't love it but i was pretty impressed by it like given you know going in i was expecting almost nothing and the way they handle like the the anxiety and the adrenaline of when the game is first beginning and she realizes like i'm going to have to kill people and chaos is happening around her in my mind that was so much more well done at like emoting some kind of feeling yeah. than anything that happened in this movie this movie was yeah. watching everything happen you're not inside anyone's head um yeah i felt like there was definitely you could get behind jennifer lawrence's character a lot more than in this movie and, and given that now she is the symbol of hope i really was like you mentioned i was expecting to see more of you know the viewers at home watching and reacting yeah and we to my recollection we got absolutely none of that yeah the 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 only thing you see is the people in stanley tucci's talk show who are watching the events unfold yeah the audience yeah you don't see the actual district people seeing it or like rich people at home the the moment the game start is there any audience shot i feel like they're just inside the world figuring out something happening and, and like that's what philip seymour hoffman occasionally watching yeah i mean that's what was also uh weird but or you know something that i think we critiqued about the first movie is that once the games start you pretty much stay with the games other than the shots that go out to uh west bentley but uh yeah we don't really see any like you know anybody but watching it, it, it or anything well no like in, 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 the, in the first they had like you know when that girl dies uh, well, yeah you know, it, it showed in, everyone reacting to it oh right yeah, 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 in, yeah in the first anytime somebody died from a district they would cut to the district to show the reaction of the people that's in that right yeah yeah so they and, did do a, a little more cutting outside of the games and now they couldn't possibly do that because no one 
there's no weight to any death that happens in this movie. Oh, <laughs> so hell no. It's just like, boom, oh, that guy died, that guy died. And and again, they there are plot reasons for why it happens that way, but it, it still didn't... They, they could have played it in ways that made me care about what was happening. Yeah. But, like, most of the new characters that they introduced, these past winners, like... The ones that stick around for more than, like, 15 seconds, um, they're all, like, really annoying. Like, they're not anything uh, interesting about them, other than Jeffrey Wright. Like, I thought his character was really cool, uh, you know, the tech guy, and I, I really liked his plan. And I, I kind of wanted to see it enacted, which it is, kind of. But uh, but uh, his wife or girlfriend or whatever, Honey Bunny, like, her, his partner, like, her screaming, like, acting like a crazy person all the time was like okay like uh i i can you please shut up like it was just like like that like it was just like a character trait that was like annoying and like we've seen it before and wasn't anything interesting well it, it was uh, just there for like their 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 uh, little name of nuts and volts n- yeah but i mean mm-hmm. it was there because i mean of course the stuff that everyone thinks that she's just talking crazy talk of course ends up being uh you know Oh, she's actually trying to tell us that the well, lightning striking this tree is a, an and again, thing. So maybe I had to think that in the book, maybe they build that up better. But in the movie, it's just you know, there's maybe like a two minute delay between her saying that and them figuring. Yeah, out they why. just and then Jennifer Lawrence looking up and going like, "Oh, she's trying to tell us something." Like <laughs> that tree is a clock. Like you know, whoa. Anyways, all right. So I'm I'm gonna jump in here. Um, I. I'm going to attempt real fast just to defend certain points that uh, that you brought up, Stephen. Not because I'm trying to say you're wrong or because I'm trying to say this film is awesome, but just there's there's certain things that um, I think you brought up that I, I can address in a way just because mm-hmm. that's what I thought about. So specifically your, your comments on Katniss and her character and uh, how in the first time there was at least this dilemma of her character – and um, even though the dilemma wasn't taken to the extreme that you would have liked it to, um, like, mm-hmm. as you said, she was never forced to kill anybody innocent, um, how that aspect of it is completely devoid from um, from this film, uh, that's correct. But I don't think that's necessarily a problem because in the first one, uh, her, her, her sister is, you know, chosen during the reaping, whatever they call it. And she, in a desperate act, volunteers herself in her place. But that's as far as she had taken her plan. Her plan was like, no, Prim can't go to the games. I volunteer. Boom, in the games now. And the dilemma came out of a, well, how am I going to survive this? What am I supposed to do? I don't want to kill anybody. Uh, So the people she was fighting against were innocents for the most part, except for, like, the people who were just crazy from the rich places that had, like, trained themselves. But everybody in that situation, besides maybe the handful that had volunteered, were just people like her who were being forced against their will to compete in these games. Um, right. in, in this, it's all people who have won, all people who have killed lots of people before, and no one she is going to be up against has, has, has a clear conscience of anything they've ever done. So she is she knows that the government's screwing her. She knows she's being placed in here against her will. She knows if she doesn't compete and do what she's supposed to, her family and her boyfriend um, and her boyfriend's families and her entire district are all in danger. Like there's a lot of things that she, that there's a lot of constraints being placed on her participation that are sort of removing that aspect for her. Um, that's why as soon as it starts, yeah, she's like, I got to kill as many people as I can get my arrows and stuff and then get out of here because 
I, right, like but, it, it's not a game anymore. So I, I get what you're saying, but I don't feel like those people. Yeah, they have something on their conscience only to the degree that Katniss has something on her conscience. But yet we still implicitly are going to root against any like anyone who tries to kill her is going to have an evil look on their face, right? Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. The world is clearly <laughs> split into like allied people who are all friendly to each other or seem to care about each other, and these evil guys who are big and buff and you know cut your throat. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, it, but, it's but, this but, dumb it, synthetic distinction between the good guys and the bad guys. But in all fairness, if if you like, I mean. I don't watch the show Survivor now, but I did watch the first season and the second season. And the difference between, like, the first season was everybody arrived and everybody sort of did whatever they were going to do because it was an experiment. And then after that, it was nothing but alliances. The second everybody landed on the island, they were like, oh, uh, we should be in an alliance and we should be in an alliance and we should be in an alliance. So it's like all that mm. seems like when you're playing off of past winners or people who now understand how the games work um, – it, it totally like I totally buy the suddenly there's alliances even though they don't have to be and and the alliances only break down once it gets to the end where all that's left is that alliance so I still think that like yeah anybody who's not on her team is going to be portrayed as evil but that's like every time you root for a character in, an, in a reality series like everyone else is the bad guy to them anyway so I I don't know I think I think that's fine like I don't have a problem with the way that panned out the only thing is that there is a bit of mystery surrounding like who wants to be allies and who doesn't and what's their end game and what's happening and each chess move along the way, uh, what does that mean? So like they, they are, there are things that make you question what you're looking at that, as you said, there's a plot point that explains later, but until that plot point comes about, you don't buy any of it. So there is a weird air to it, but I don't, I think it's just, uh, it's just weakly portrayed, but I don't think it's a weak construct, if that makes sense. Right. No, no, I agree with that. And again, I in the book, I bet a better job is done at getting you in the mind of Katniss and saying what is going yeah. on. Yeah, probably. The movie, like, the movie made me think that, of course, right? I think anyone watching it is thinking, like, this is, everything is too convenient here. But they don't, they don't play it up in a way where there's any payoff when you find out about it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it, it definitely feels like much like our our complaint about the Ender's Game film. It feels like everything with you know the the lightning in the tree and the, the con construct of where things are and what's going on with these force fields and stuff like that. Like those, there's not enough time spent in the in the movie to make those significant. But clearly, those were big parts of the book and the reveals about what's happening were big parts of the book. Like, I'm sure those are chapter-ending, like, last paragraphs that were like, holy crap, yeah. it means this, or this is what's going on, or... Um, and, and it totally would have worked in the book, I think, because the idea of it was interesting. And, like, uh, like that's, that's really what bothered me about the whole design of the dome is that there's all this weirdness to it, and then every single time when, like, uh, something reaches a point that shows some sort of division between sections of the, of the dome and like weird things. Like I'm like, this is like, why would you do this? You're endangering the lives of the players. If the whole point is like, there there was something about it that was really bothering me. And when the information came about about why it was happening, it didn't make up for the fact that it bothered me. But I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is kind of clever. I like the mm -hmm. idea of what they're going for. But for time, the second they reveal that information, they throw it out. So, like, yeah. you don't get any time. Like, there should be an entire chapter of the book where once the characters realize the 
the structure of what's happening they then spend a chapter of the book acting upon that structure yeah, and then, you want them to game the system a little bit and it yeah like yeah. like that's the whole thing is if you figure out how it works you now have the advantage so you should be able to use that and um yeah that that, that aspect didn't work for me but like what, what did work for me in general is um like oh, oh, okay, i wasn't trying to trying to put all my thoughts in some sort of chronological order that uh, that makes sense. You both have brought up Harry Potter in comparison to this film, and I feel a lot that, like, the first film and this film are like Harry Potter 1 and Harry Potter 2, in that in Harry Potter 1, it was the introduction to the school. You learned about the rules of the school. You learned about the competition that goes on between the different houses in the school or, or whatever they're called in Harry Potter. And then the second film comes out, and, like, points don't matter anymore, and the game's thrown out, and... All we're doing is following the main characters and their experience. Mm-hmm. We're not like, we're not seeing the game being or the school's event being competed anymore. We're just seeing kids who are in a school, and the set of the movie is inside Hogwarts, but Hogwarts is no longer a character. And this feels the same way. Like the first film was all about what the Hunger Games are, and this film is all about Katniss's journey, uh, w- without actually seeing how she's playing within the school. Um, that being said, the pre not uh, yeah not the school the games but pre entry into the training part of the games like pre being reaped, uh, I actually felt that this it, it was doing a better job than the first film did because the first film was sort of like hey look a bunch of districts are poor and that's too bad and oh whoops now uh, Prim's here and now Candace is gonna go in Prim's um, place and they kind of. They they said, yeah, the world's in a bunch of crappiness, and uh, now let's go get to these games. In this one, the the life outside of the games is actually portrayed a little bit better, and uh, and even stuff as simple as like her relationship with Peta, uh, like in in the in the first film. It was like, why am I supposed to feel bad for PETA? Like, he's known Katniss for, like, a day. I mean, he, obviously, he knew her in the past, but he didn't really interact with her that much. And now we're supposed to believe that he's all, like, totally heartbroken just because he's been competing in the games for, like, four nights with her. Um, but in this one, he's not just, like, a guy that's paired with her and he's, like, the dude in love with the girl who doesn't, like, care about him. It's more like, oh, not only does he like her and she doesn't like him back, but he has to, for the cameras every day, play up the fact that they're in a relationship and, like, be all super, super lovey-dovey with her just to be, like, shut off and have to watch her make out with her boyfriend who's more attractive than him. Like, it's... There's a little bit more to it, and it allows me to buy it as more than just, like, oh, we we really wanted to have a love triangle where... Yeah, there's there's a better setup, definitely. Yeah, But but did you think that paid off either? I felt like they went from tension to no tension in, like, 30 seconds. Right. In, in in as uh, what aspect of with, with regards to Peta's relationship with her, I I think for once once they're in the games, I think it does pay off a little bit because they do an all right job of portraying that Katniss does feel something for Peta. She just feels something for her boyfriend too. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. the the now there is a real love. Like Katniss doesn't care about Peta so long as he's not possibly about to be dead. Like, when he's going to die, or not when he's going to die, but, like, when his life is in mortal danger, she really doesn't want him to die because she does care about him. It may not be the way that he wants her to. Uh, like, yeah. they they set it up in a way that I could conceivably see her ending up with Peta instead of her boyfriend. Like, so, not that, like, I need that from a Hunger Games film, but at least because that was a major theme in the first one, I feel like they're doing a better job of... of uh, 
playing into that if that's what they really want to do. So, like, I buy that now as opposed to the first film where I didn't buy it. Like, Mm -hmm. just because she, like, bought some bread from him in the first one or whatever. uh, Like, I don't remember exactly what that whole bread thing was. But, like, basically in the first one, they're like, oh. He was a baker. He was a baker. He threw bread at her. Yeah, he threw bread at her in the rain (laughs) or something, right? Yeah, so it's like, like, oh, I love this girl now for no reason at all. Now I feel like he has to pretend like he loves her every day. and Like, the whole world is celebrating their love that is a lie. Like, that is... Kind of, kind of shitty on his part. Like, well, for, I mean, yeah. clearly he was pining over her long before the first movie began. You yeah, know but I mean? but it was it was pining from afar. It would be like if I yeah, but, if but I still, really like yeah. some chick who works at some store that I always shop at. Yeah. Like that. There's but no. He, he never interacted with her. Yeah, yeah, really. exactly. Like it's it's there's no like he he had yeah. a crush before. Now he has to pretend like they're in love and right, make right. out with her for cameras and live. 45 feet away from her and then you know when she's scared come sleep in her bed with her to keep her company like you know what i mean like it's it's he is really being uh let on now but it's because he has to but it's i don't know so i like i buy bastard huh (laughs) nothing i just said the poor friend zoned bastard oh yeah for sure like like i i like this is the first time in these two films that i've actually felt bad for peter before i was like dude peter stop being a whining bitch um but yeah but now i'm like oh dude i feel bad for you like this really sucks yeah (laughs) like i mean maybe her boyfriend will die in a district fire or something like that (laughs) um but but you know i i agree that the, the some of the uh like the the comments on you know, I kind of mentioned it, the comments on, you know, being a celebrity and like what they have to go through in the beginning of this film. I mean, I was, I was, you know, I was, I was into that, you know, in the beginning of this. And then I feel like it fizzles out. Um, once the, once it get it gets to a certain point and everything gets dropped, I feel like. And now well, it, maybe... it, it fizzles out during the montage, like up until yeah. the point where they first give their speeches about missing Rue and Thresh or whatever the guy's name was. Um, yeah, it, it's really strong. The entire film is really strong up until that point. Yeah, yeah I, as, I agree. Yeah, as soon as it goes into montage, it starts to fade away from what made it strong, and then it right. goes to getting ready for the games, which they spent all of five minutes which, showing their training. Like you see one yeah. kind of cool, and like which we, we Katniss saw being that, Legolas you know. scene, and that's it. Yeah, and we saw that. We got a taste of that in the last one. Um, but that's what I'm saying. But they. They introduce all these elements and then they don't really expand upon them, especially. And now I'm, I'm probably well aware that they'll go back into it in the next one. But you know, there's that whole when they're on uh, Tucci time, like they, there's that whole. <laughs> Tucci they, tonight. They in, yeah, Tucci tonight. They they insert that plot. Uh, you know, they decide to play up for the camera some more, and he's just like, you know, they. They say they're gonna get married, and then when he's on Tucci tonight, he's like, "Oh well, she." It's like, well, hold, hold on, every- dude, you're getting some like super spoilery stuff in here now. I right, this isn't super spoilery. I that mean- that's I mean that that's it. That information is supposed to be released as sort of a literal bomb being dropped yeah. on on but, people. But they don't. That, that's I don't it. Know about they drop a literal bomb. Well, they they drop it and then they drop it and then it just completely disappears. Well, see, and, the uh, problem is it's it's not a bomb for us, the audience, because we know it's not true. But it is a bomb for the characters. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Like that. Why didn't we get like Tucci narrating these games, going like, "I hope Katniss doesn't die." Not only because yeah, she's exactly. a symbol of hope, so they, they but she's celebrity aspect. And well, no, here, 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 only here's to do it. here's here's the, the thing movie, though. I don't know. The 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 the, the reason. It's kind of not their fault that we're not. I mean, 
at this point in time, what we really want to be seeing is the districts. But the problem is that Tucci is on the side of the, the capital. Like, he cannot play up the tragedy. He has to skirt around the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to play up for the rich people that are part of the capital different things. But, like, there's a point at which we realize that no one competing in the games actually wants to be there. Usually there's at least some people who are excited to compete in the games because they're rich and really well-built and they can kill lots of people. But for the most part, like, it's like, oh, we don't care about the poor people. Like, uh, the, the whole love angle from the first film was the first time that everybody had somebody to get behind on the rich side. And not just somebody who could kill a lot of people, but he cannot play up the tragedy. He can only play up the um, the interest stories, like the fact. Yeah, that I know, but, but why didn't we get more of that? Because I mean, in re- in the real world, anytime a famous celebrity, all it's everywhere. It's always in your face. Yeah, but it, it, as as you notice, like as soon as they announce that information, like the power goes out and they they run into i'll just call it technical difficulties like they they end transmission like that's the equivalent of of ed harris saying like throw up the bars and like cut this cut the signal and everybody freaks out yeah. like what the hell's going but, on but i mean like, people still know like i mean yeah but but that's I think information, the information that it, is they, out there but they can't dwell on it in the way we would want to dwell on like you know I it's, feel it's like, a different you know, type of information this is like this inherently makes us want to stop the games that's why it, it's not it's it's presented in in yeah. a way in which it would be disruptive to the continuing of the games so they can't dwell on it. So th- the problem is that there's 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 different pools in the story of where we're supposed to be and and they can't spend a lot of time building on that. Like I, I think it's a legitimate complaint that they don't cut to the districts because the whole thing is that like crap people are starting to revolt and the capital yeah. is trying to hide the fact that people are revolting. But while they're trying to do that, they would have to be like it's part of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's plan. Like they have to push the fact that the games are happening. So like we need them, we need them to not see reports of the revolting, but do see reports of the thing. And there's too much of a balancing act that would have to be done. So I understand why they had to sort of like uh, pull back on that. But it, it is a legitimate complaint because there are things happening that we should be seeing in the districts. Because the whole point is that, and the whole point of the third book is going to be that Katniss is a symbol. And um, now that these revolts have been happening behind the scenes, I'm assuming they're going to be a lot more prevalent and be in the forefront of the population's like uh, mindset. Like it's not going to be, it's no longer going to be like there's revolts happening, but they're being shut down really quickly and they're not being reported on. It's going to be full fledged uh, revolt in the cities and stuff like that. So. Um, no, I, I agree. Like I, I, that's what I've been saying all along. Like I would have loved to have seen like more of that, you know, to just mm-hmm. see the reactions of, you know, whether it be the people in the districts or the, the rich people or whatever, to, to what's what's going on in the games yeah yeah and i was gonna say you know about the uh like when the power goes out in tucci t- tonight it's like it's it's very convenient that in the future no one has uh, social media at least that we know of in this world no <laughs> no one you know doesn't immediately go on twitter and it's just like omg like the power went out and guess what Katniss is Exclamation well, I, point. In, in all fairness, the people in the capital and the rich cities are so full of themselves that they would never subscribe to the feeds of anyone other than themselves. So I, I, I guess yeah. they, they might have all tweeted it, but nobody read it because everybody only follows themselves. Unless it's like, <laughs> a, Do we know for you know, sure that Twitter existed in this universe. I know that's what I'm saying. Like we <laughs> no, don't know, but it, like it's you, actually you, just you mockingjay.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess we, we, we get the impression that they're living in a society that's very Orwellian or whatever, you know, and, and everyone is monitored. And if you had Twitter or whatever the counterpart would be in this world, uh, oh. you would be consistently watched or whatever. Hold, hold on one, one second real fast. Just I, I just thought of something as, as I just made the mocking Jay joke. It, like Stephen, you were saying that there's like there's good people that are on their side, and then there's obviously bad people. Wasn't there a separate copy bird that w- wasn't a mockingjay? Didn't they call it like something different? It was like a copy bird or something like that. Like in there's yeah, the birds that were emulating the voices of their loved ones. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. But was wasn't it named something different? Like it wasn't the mockingjay. It was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. They said like, oh, the copy jay or something. It, 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 I I could have sworn that like it had. It had a different. It, it was like the evil version <laughs> of the Mockingjay, which is just hilarious. Yep. <laughs> I think. I think is. I think Stephen nailed it. I think they were the retweets. <laughs> <sighs> Good times. Was, my, no, but I'm joke all... is that instead of Mebo, it was Crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'm almost positive that they called those birds in uh, this movie uh, something different. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Cause I remember they were thinking the that, evil. Like, they were the evil mocking jays yeah. that like messed with your head. I will say one one positive thing in in the training arena, the the laser uh, dummy target system thing. I do like that. Like just seeing it, you can see that there are multiple lasers positioned at different points in the roof, and it's the uh, the the laser dummies are actually generated by the cross section of all these laser beams hitting each other. I thought that was a cool um, way to show off how that tech works without having a character say like, well, we have like 900 lasers in this hallway and then blah, 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 blah. Like I, it, it reminded me of like in, you know, in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, how like they never explain any of the gadgets. You just see them in use and you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like I, yeah. I enjoyed that one singular aspect of, of the training <laughs> arena. I was like, oh. Yeah, no, I mean, I, again, like I like... I, I like the world of Hunger Games quite a bit, actually. The, that's kind of why I'm disappointed that they don't spend more time building it up. Yeah. Because I think it's by far the best part of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, guys, it, guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was going to say, in my mind, one reason that I, I wish they had shown more of the celebrity aspect, like people watching and the disconnect between, you know, what Katniss and uh, Peta feel and what they have to show on screen. Yeah. Is that realistically this is probably the last time they could have done it because i doubt when there's a revolution going on you know getting touchy with tucci isn't going to be a thing anymore like people aren't going <laughs> <laughs> to be watching this thing like with smiles on their face like it's going to be an all-out uh battle yeah yeah um, yeah so it, it would have uh, been nice because i think that was a uniquely dark thing about the hunger games was yeah. like the disconnect between the happy people and the misery that was going on uh, yeah and they kind of blew their chance at that i think yeah i, I would agree what were you gonna say carson sorry i was just gonna say um just googled it hunger games wiki they're called jabber jays yeah and they have the ability to memorize and repeat entire human conversations uh they are a type of mutation uh created in the capital labs to spy on enemies and they are said to be visibly similar to their Mockingjay descendants. Oh, so yeah, so so it, it's just hilarious that the parallel between you saying that there's the clearly good people and the clearly bad people, and since the Mockingjay is the symbol of Katniss and all that is good, 
there's literally a Jabber J bad <laughs> evil version an, of the an Mocking evil J. Jay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's good, there always has to be evil, even yes. in the uh, the bird kingdom, the aviation kingdom. Yeah, I mean that's why that's why the domes are around because they they're the yin and yang of the, the good and evil inside the the <laughs> Hunger Games yeah. arena. Yes. <laughs> all right does anybody have any uh sort of last topics to hit before we wrap this episode up uh well i was just gonna make one comment um when you were chris were talking about uh the harry potter movies um one thing that i think makes the harry potter series uh the movie series so good is that um <laughs> there's seven and a half of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, but i mean i mean there are yeah there's seven and a half eight whatever you want and um but each just like each book each movie is a you know new school year and um i feel like that gives those movies the ability to be to stand on their own and um even though there is like a concurrent theme and plot line going through them all like you know they they feel like they have you know a beginning a middle and an end like in my opinion at least and in the hunger games movies and like the twilight movies they're all taking place in like you know a certain amount like a in like a span of time that's like all like you know right next to each other and like it and you know it's almost like with these they're making like a giant like 12 hour movie you know and because uh, this movie just picks up like right out where the last one left off, essentially. And well, it technically takes place a year after the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, we get it's not like yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> it is it is an annual Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, but like there there's that there's not that feeling of like closure, you know? It just it, it, it feels like episodic, it's I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like it feels like it's ongoing, like how you know most of these franchise movies are. But I don't know. Well, theoretically, under different if if Katniss wouldn't have ended the like if Katniss would have survived the first one, but having killed Peta, then she would have been the um, whatever they're called the uh, instructors or handlers or what what the hell is the word for it trainers the men- like the she would yeah she would have been like one of the trainer mentor people and we would have seen a new crew coming in and her just advising them and how to survive the games but obviously she had to like buck the system and then try to eat some berries and then now. She, so right. theoretically, in an alternate timeline, this would have been very Harry Pottery in that it would be like now the older kids are training the new freshman and like kind of yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. And uh, that would be that's for when you know the Hunger Games ends, and then the author is just like, "Gotta go back to the well. Time to do an alternate timeline." Yeah. There, Three there, more University first day of class. <laughs> there, <laughs> there is one more thing that I did want to bring up. That this is the thing that the entire movie kept bothering me, and the more dialogue that came out regarding the situation, the more it did bother me. So. In concept, I'm completely okay with, okay, from now on, we are only going to reap uh, tribute from the previous pool of victors. Like, that on its own, I'm like, okay, makes sense. But there's, so there's only, like, 20 or so people that compete, which means there are 20 districts to be pulled from, right? Or however many it is, we'll just say it's that number. Um, So I'm fine with, okay, well, we'll just pretend that somehow in the last 20 years, a different district has won every game so, okay i'll just i'll just forgive that and we'll just say that 
every district has one winner that won at least one time in the last 20 years. That means if the youngest person was 13 when they they won their first game, then the they're going to be, you know, 33 and then somebody else could be 13 coming in to like you know like basically there is only so large of a, of a time that they can now pull people from but the problem is as they introduce all these people from all the districts they keep saying like that person won five times that person won three times so now essentially you by saying somebody won multiple years in a row in order for there to have been enough victories so that at least one at least two people from every single district. So that means in order for you to be able to reap a male and a female from a same district, that district had to win twice, once with a male and once with a female. So if any of those people then won multiple games themselves, that means for every single district, let's just say, I forget how many there are, I was just say it's 20, that means there has to have been at least four years where people won for any of those male and female combinations to have multiple victories on their own, which means the pool we're taking from has to be like, most of the Hunger Games, but like, how are all these people still alive, and how did people who were in those districts survive multiple games, yet allow multiple people to be, like, you know, like, there's, there doesn't make sense how somebody would have multiple victories, you know what I'm saying? Seems like they don't, they they shouldn't, each, there shouldn't be enough survivors left in every district for them to reap from. This I I think I I think I follow what you're saying, but the, I will be honest. And this was one of those topics where like the more it went, the more my eyes glazed over because like <laughs> I couldn't follow the pathways of. It's like okay, yes, victors, and n- n- uh, but the, no, I then I have it. to add, damn it, no, uh, but uh, Stephen, do you have a whiteboard filled out as I was talking? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've Stephen, you're out. smarter than than me. No, like, you're you're right. I mean, they the pool of possible victors couldn't be much bigger than the number of people playing one game and, so and, clearly and they couldn't it'd be like top chef masters if everyone who ever won basically gets to play. yeah and, and yeah. it's like i mean it, it's like i like uh katniss pita and uh hey mitch is that his name yeah, yeah woody it, harrelson's it, it is is his name literally mitch and everybody calls him hey mitch or is it hey mitch like a single Probably word hey mitch they kind of <laughs> They, they kind of no, it's it's name. hey it's hey Mitch. It's like it's it's one word. It's one name. But like yeah. it like I don't, that name just bothers me because <laughs> you thought they were saying <laughs> hey comma Mitch. No, no, no. I, like I I understood <laughs> I, I understood that that now they referred to him as just. But it's it, like you know our our Twitter conversation. It seemed like at one point in time he was at hey Mitch, and then he became known so much as that that people just pronounce it hey Mitch now. Like because that okay. doesn't. That doesn't sound like a name to me. This world doesn't have room. <laughs> Nobody has a name. Katniss and Pita. Yeah, they're all like fake, like superfluous I mean, a, names. A guy, named stupid. Would, a guy named Mitch would be out of place in the hundred. <laughs> yeah, I know. That'd be like if, you know, like, if oh, Seymour yeah, Hoffman. It's like if, if PSH showed up and was just like, yeah, I'm Bob. Like, but no, I mean, it's what? like, it's basically, he has a last name for a first name. Like if his I'm name was right. like John Hamich, that would make sense. But just be yeah, like Hamich. Yeah. Okay, but I think his name is like Hamish Abernathy or something. Like it has to be something like completely bizarre. But like, but like the 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 point I was trying to bring up though is like I was under the impression that like he, Peta, and Katniss are the only people to have ever won from District Thirteen or whatever district they're from. Like, so like 
it seems like there are plenty of other poor districts to which there was never going to be a winner. Because like, I, th- I thought the whole idea was that the rich districts who purposely try to compete because they like killing people and have lots of money and get all the sponsorships because they're pretty, uh, I thought the idea was that they always win the games and that Katniss, this girl from this poor uh, this this poor district came in and just upset the whole system, not just from the capital standpoint, but from the standpoint of who usually wins the games by like exceeding the odds against her by being really charismatic, even though she was from the poor district. No, I think she just changed the rules because she was the first one to ever volunteer. Gotcha for someone. I don't know. Either way, there's some sort of thing that doesn't make sense to me with the number of contestants versus. I gotta like, I gotta go on that wiki. You gotta send me a link to that wiki you're at, and then I can figure out how many districts there are, how many yes. of the characters from this film won how many times, and then do the math to figure out how many years worth of contestants were an option for this pool. Yes, or have you know someone can call in and school us. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, now that I've glazed over Carson's eyes and uh, not inspired, uh, I'm, I'm I'm with you now. It was just during that like whole word problem. I was just like, oh, I can't do math. If Katniss's bullet <laughs> train the leaves the capital city, capital. yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. If two trains leave the district, District Twelve, heading to the capital, one um, leaves 15 minutes before the other. It's like, oh. A Mockingjay can fly at this speed. A a Jabberjay can speak and sound travels at this (laughs) speed. If the Mockingjay is flying faster than the voice of the Jabberjay can travel, at what time will Katniss's arrow pierce both of them? Yes. Uh, I will choose death because I don't know. (laughs) If a Mockingjay and a Jabberjay meet, is it like a feedback loop like where things explode? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what happens when a, a Mockingjay mates with a Jabberjay? Like, what kind of jay do they get? They get a Jabberwocky because it can't fly. <laughs> oh, snap. It's the uh, capital or, you know, this this universe is equivalent to the uh, Dodo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, should we wrap this episode up now? Probably. All right. All right. Well, uh Carson, if you're going to give this movie a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, yeah, like I, I'm going to give it a wait for rental. Like I said before, not a terrible movie. Uh, technically proficient, more so, I think, than the first one, just for the fact that uh, there's uh, better effects. Obviously, they got more budget this time around, and... Uh, they decided to, to uh, use a steady cam operator this time, so that's always good. And um, but yeah, like I mean, I just think that it starts off strong and it fizzles pretty hard uh, about halfway. And like I said again, the games are an afterthought. And um, but hey, I'll still go see the, the next one, especially if it ends up being like a balls to the wall crazy movie i mean like i mean there are i mean there are great actors in this film and and there's definitely enough to hold your attention like i said i wasn't bored throughout i just was uh disappointed i guess especially hearing all the rave reviews that came in for this movie you know like we said the 90 percent or whatever on rotten tomatoes i even saw one review compare or, or say this was the empire strikes back of ya adaptations and that got me kind of excited i was like wow this might be actually like a really cool thing but that i don't i think that's like that's way 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 uh off in my opinion but, well um, i mean 
I think Empire Strikes Back is the best of the Star Wars films. So if you're only comparing the YA adaptation pool itself, then technically this might be. I mean, the yeah, I, it's a pretty, it's a pretty small <laughs> pool, and uh, most of the movies in that pool aren't very yeah, good. That's, but, yeah, that's but, a pretty but, shallow pool. You're it, it, just, it just sounds yeah, like but, one uh, of those statistics uh, yeah. lies where it's like technically the words you just said are factually accurate. However. No, I, if you look at the actual metrics, this doesn't make any sense. But from a movie standpoint, I mean, like, if you're going to compare something to that film, like, I just, in my mind, yes, it makes sense that it probably would be since, like we said, the pool is so shallow. But yeah. when I read when I read that, I was like, well, th- this makes me think that the movie is going to be, you know, stellar and it's going to be as good as that 90% is leading it out making it out to be so like yeah. that's what i was just like wow this is gonna be awesome but uh yeah so well i it, i, I prefer not live up to those expectations i don't think i i prefer to believe that this film actually takes place in a dream sequence that rocket is having while in sucker punch that she wasn't actually <laughs> she wasn't actually competing in the games she was just that was why she was that's why she was in this movie <laughs> yeah. yeah she was actually dreaming this as she tried to seduce some old man while inside one of those asylums that's a good theory that, that <laughs> this was really just her dream. She had read the first Hunger Games, and this movie is her dream as she's trying to, like, steal yeah, fire from... She she loved the first one so much <laughs> that her fantasy is to be in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Steven, what would you give this film? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in a similar boat. Uh, I actually... So I feel like the parallels with Harry Potter do run deep. I, I guess I wasn't as impressed by most of the movies as a lot of people were. Um, in my mind, this suffers from the same thing that the like middle Harry Potter movies did, which is if you did not read the book, I don't think it made any real attempt at giving you like a cohesive exposition yeah. uh, or reeling you in. Like It was clearly made for fans. Uh, and so with that, I think I'll give it a recommend with a caveat, where I imagine if I had read the book, the payoff of watching everything unfold on the screen would probably be pretty high. Like, it's a good-looking movie. They don't make any—there's nothing too cringeworthy. Like, there's no big negative in it. Um, but if you have not read the book and you're not familiar with that world, I have a lot of trouble imagining that 90% of you are going to like it. <laughs> like, I— I, I feel like it just falls flat too quickly, like it fizzles. Yeah. So recommend with a caveat. Caveat, if you're a teenage girl or you love the book, which is a very – there's a very high degree of overlap, I think. <laughs> yeah. You'll, I mean, obviously, if you've read the book, you're going to love the film. Yeah, yeah, you'll probably love it. I mean, they don't ruin anything as far as I can tell. Like, there, there's nothing where you're like, oh, give me a break. I, I never really felt that about the movie. Yeah. yeah. It just and I mean, yeah. It doesn't stand on its own, I don't think. I mean, I, I wish that I almost wish that I you know had read the book because I think, like you said, the 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 people that have read could probably em- em- empathize more with the characters because they just have the knowledge, they have more you know backstory and everything uh, that you would probably get out of reading the books. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I, I I'm I'm really at a toss up at this point of what to rate this film. It, it's it's a weird pairing with the first film because I think this improves on the failings of the first film, but fails on the good things of the first film. Um, mm-hmm. If that sentence I said that correctly. So basically, yeah. the things I liked about uh, the first film kind of 
get fizzled out in this film. And the thing, the complaints I had about that for the first film um, are sort of improved upon with this iteration. Basically, everything pre-games is better in this than it was in the first, and everything games is better in the first than was in this. And so as a pairing together, um, I think they kind of like middle each other out like they kind of they kind of, like if you were watching these back to back the overall experience might be a little bit better especially once you throw the third one in there so it's like the fact that we gave that all three of us gave a recommend with the caveat to the first one um makes me more inclined to carry that recommend with the caveat through to this film because i think that um especially with once this third one comes out if it goes to where it appears they're they're trying to go i think um it will make more sense once the third film's out why some of the shortcomings in this film were there. It'll be more justified, I guess, once the third one comes out. So I feel like if you did one of those, uh, once the third one's here next year or whenever it's supposed to come out, if you did the whole, like, go to, like, an AMC or a Regal and watch the last two plus the third, your overall experience might be higher than just watching this middle film. Um, so... I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna carry out that uh, recommend with the caveat. So there you go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stand fast there and hopefully not get shot and, by Katniss with an arrow. And just for the record, I've I've been told that a character will explode in the third <laughs> one. So I think I think we're gonna get the darkness we're looking for. <laughs> so Good. maybe yes. it'll balance it out pretty well. Technically, there were a few characters that exploded in this one. Just not a character that you will care about. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Yeah, but will you Prim, explode, Prim is going to explode. Like, <laughs> you mean like literally explode or just like they explode with anger and then like go on a rampage? I'm, no, I'm, I'm basing this off a conversation from like a year and a half ago, but I mean literally explode. And, oh, and, okay. and that, that like you don't know who that character is, right? You just know that they're somebody we care not, about. I will not reveal who that character is. But, but you do know the identity of that character. Yes, I do. Huh. Oh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, now I'm gonna that, stop. That, that doesn't mean they've appeared yet. I've just had like the general story told to me before. Okay. Um, I see. But it doesn't I, mean I it doesn't mean they haven't appeared. Also, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not ruling out anything. All I'm telling you is a human body explodes, or I think it was exploded. Some violent death. It's somebody we care about. So Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the actress is going to explode. Uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Hey, Mitch, watch out for that!" And he's like, "Oh, damn it." Hamish he stepped on that landmine. No, Hamish goes natural born killers in the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to. I just oh want to see. God, a, that would be amazing. I just want a scene where they, uh, they, they, they bring in a T Rex, and then Peta decides he's going to use a road flare to try to redirect where the T Rex is running. <laughs> and then Katniss has to yell, "Peta, freeze!" And then, uh, yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> this movie could use uh, uh, some more gold bloom. Uh, anyways, I think uh, I think we're done with this episode. So, uh, Carson, if people want to find you throughout, throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Steven? Uh, if you want to find me, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller. Cool. And people can find me at twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show. You can follow us on Twitter to figure out when the episodes go live at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. 
Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Hunger Games Catching Fire. So hopefully you're enjoying that, or maybe you're not, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I will say, like, the just that the Mockingjay whistle has become like the Harry Potter, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, like, just, just hearing that, like, short little mm-hmm. theme, uh, it, like... I like it. I don't know. I don't know why. It just it. Yeah, it, it's impressive, and and that is credit to the movie because there's no way the book had like music notes or anything. <laughs> yeah. So they so they did have to come up with a short thing that you would remember. It it, it was actually that easy. It was actually like the uh, the Hallmark cards. Like you just open the first cover and it just goes. It just does the little mocking whistle. <laughs> so no, every I, time you sit down and crack those pages open. One thing I would like to happen in the final movie is that Haymitch shows his mentor up here, and it's Ted Danson. (laughs) 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 What would be really great is if you found out that the whole reason Haymitch won is because he was actually trained in drunken martial arts, and uh, he has a showdown with Donald Sutherland (laughs) where he just swigs some alcohol and then starts doing the drunken fighting. I, I just no, I, I, I would still crawl. like to see I'd still like to see Ted Danson show up. <laughs> Him or maybe Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, no, so Kelsey Grammer is like one of his peers. Like he's like a total he's like, like not he's not at all like uh Fraser Crane or right? <laughs> that, yeah. He can be like the beast in the Fantastic Four or whatever right? Yeah, he, he can be a badass. <laughs> he was he was something. In in X-Men? No, he was a be- he was beast oh, X-Men. in uh, X yeah, yeah. X Men Three. Yeah. X Men Three, yeah. You just made the people cry by saying beast is part of the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, Four. <laughs> in, in, my, in my head he was uh, the blue guy in Monsters Inc. So they're all the same. <laughs> <Slowly>. <laughs> uh. Oh, it was Fraser Crane. For some reason I was gonna say Fraser Niles, but that's his brother. No, Niles yeah. Crane is his brother. Yeah, that's I. I got it right the first time. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Yes. Thank yeah, you for, for letting us eat at this bountiful game. table of game meanness. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's I. I missed the great opportunity of saying this movie left me hungry for more. <laughs> but you know, I just said it now, so there you go. It wasn't the meat wasn't gamey enough. I didn't. yeah this film was sort of like that drink they try to offer uh pita at that party where you just drink this to throw up so you can eat more (laughs) see i thought that was really i I thought thought that was was really funny i thought the purge was more was more of that (laughs) (laughs) but no i mean that's really what this film is it's a drink that you drink to get you prepared to watch the third film yeah i guess yeah and you throw this movie up and forget about it yeah also i think it must be related to this movie. I remember, like, a couple weeks ago seeing a commercial for girl Legos. Like, they were trying to make Legos cool for girls. And well, one of the little Legos had, like, a bow and arrow. So nice. <laughs> they're definitely capitalizing on it. Well, well, they do have Nerf just released their... Oh, no, that's their, what it was. Yeah, it's yeah, Nerf, yeah, Nerf Rebel. So it's <laughs> the girl version of Rebel, and they have a Nerf bow and arrow and pink Nerf guns. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But are they, like tie-ins with hunker games or no no they're just not, pink not nerf. explicitly yeah they, they are they are nerf is cool for girls now nerf rebel <laughs> wait so it's not rebel it's rebel it's like pr- b-e-l-l-e it, it's pronounced rebel yes so it's like r-e-b-e-l-l-e like 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 a woman like bell like yes Rebelle. yes that is really dumb like i'm sorry but why can't they just make pink nerf guns and still call them nerf 
That, that's like that's like one step above having Nerf kitchenware. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're trying to brand Nerf guns to girls, why are you trying to cute it up? Like, shouldn't you be trying to appeal to yeah. like, the Tom tomboy yeah. crowd all you have to yeah, do but, like, is show I'm, girls I'm, running around with nerf guns having fun you don't have to make pink nerf guns and be like no <laughs> girls can have fun too oh my yeah, god like, be like katniss <laughs> what there there weren't girls in like the old nerf commercials like with other like guys with regular nerf guns like what's wrong with that i don't know some i mean if you wanted to, made a, why like, couldn't if you wanted a, a pink nerf gun they should just have that as an option they shouldn't have like a whole brand of it Someone at Nerf made a very compelling argument with like charts and graphs and numbers, and they're completely they're completely wrong. <laughs> if there's Nerf, no way girls are going to love Nerf guns all of a sudden. If 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 Nerf was smart, they would market Nerf Super Soaker to college girls. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. That's something everybody can get behind. Yeah, especially dudes named Chad. They can get behind that. Dudes named Peter. Peta, yeah, Peta can get behind that. All right. Yeah, anyways, that's what, that was what he was doing while he was baking bread. This podcast has been over for like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you're with us, thanks for staying. We'll talk yes. to you guys later. Bye. Bye, Mitch. <laughs>